This is a Holy Baptist Church podcast, bringing you into a community in which everyone is welcome, lives are changing, and Jesus is King. Thanks for listening with us today. We would invite you to subscribe so you can keep up to date with us. But for now, we pray you enjoy listening for what God has in store for you in this episode, and that it helps change your life for the better, in Jesus' name. Enjoy. Paint me a picture. Part 3. Under Your Wings Uh, great to be here. I was I was off last week. I was visiting another church, um, so it's really lovely to be back here. We're so much better. And um, no, I'm joking. It was just, it's just lovely to be with you guys because I, I know you. And if you're new, it's so good to have you with us. You're it's such a, so great to see new people and just welcome you. And uh, yeah, don't rush off at the end. We have teas and coffees and refreshments, and it's uh, lovely just to chat and to, to catch up. But I'm going to spend the next twenty or so minutes. Uh, unpacking uh, this third part of this series we're looking at called Paint Me a Picture. And really it's looking at images that the Bible uses to help us to understand what God is like. Because often the images we tend to use the most is God the Father and God is love. And we kind of stick with those, but the Old Testament uses a whole range of different images to help us understand what God is like. And no one image is enough to describe what God is, because God is beyond anything we could possibly understand. But it just gives us a glimpse into the into God's nature. And in week one, I talked about God being a, the potter who forms us and shapes us for a purpose. In week two, which was last week, we had Dave talking about God being a fortress, a place of safety, a firm foundation for our lives. And this morning I'm going to be talking about God being an eagle. Now I don't have an eagle, but we do have chickens in our uh, house. Uh, If I can work out how to use this. Here we go. There we go. There's our chickens. You can't really see them where they live in a cage. You have to legally at the moment because of uh, bird flu. So they they live in this cage, and there are seven chickens. They do have names, but do not ask me what they are because I do not know. And uh, and they're lovely. They're lovely pets. They love to hear them in the morning going like that. Uh, Unfortunately, when it gets to near the summer, one of them has decided that although they're all females, and one of them decides they are actually a cockerel, and they do kind of try and crow a little bit. You're like, oh, I hope the neighbours can't hear that. No one's complained yet, which is good. uh, but yeah, they're great. They're great family pets. They all come up to you when you, they, it's time to feed them corn. And, and Joel, our youngest, loves to go out after school every day to collect eggs and give them some corn. But probably what we didn't realize until we had chickens is how unbelievably vicious they are. I mean, they are killers, literally killers. They will kill each other. Uh, and that once a, uh, a little mouse got into the uh, hen... It didn't last long with seven chickens. So, and you would have to, I, I don't know if you knew this fact, but they did some studies on some, some very old bones and they discovered that chickens are the closest living relative to the T-Rex. 
You know, I'm not joking. It's the closest living relative to the Tyrannosaurus Rex, the king of the dinosaurs. And if you look at them and look at it, I think actually I can kind of see that. And I reckon now that um, dinosaurs weren't all leathery lizards. Actually, they had feathers like birds. So, so chickens are vicious, ferocious beasts. But if you were going to create an empire or maybe a country and you wanted to maybe choose an animal, maybe a bird that was going to represent your country, I don't think you would choose a chicken, to be perfectly honest. However ferocious they are, you would probably choose an eagle. And there are countless flags, that, well, not countless, there's about 20 uh, national flags that incorporate an eagle. And it, throughout history, empires have chosen an eagle as their emblem. The top left, do one of our Iranian guys know? What country that was? Yet, yeah. yes, Persia. So when the Bible was written, you had the Persian Empire, who were this big superpower at the time. They had an eagle as their emblem. Top right, Roman Empire. They had their eagle. Uh, the left, bottom, the bottom left, was the French eagle, and the one on the right was the uh, the Nazi, the German uh, eagle. All empires have thought, okay, if we're going to show, we want to tell something about who we are. And the, the, the animal we're going to choose to portray us is going to be an eagle. I mean, why is that? Well, I think it's pretty obvious, really. Eagles are majestic. They're beautiful. They're powerful. They're, they're massive. They have no natural predators. They are predators in themselves. They are a kill, perfectly designed killing machine. And they have... they. They conjure up images of strength, courage, freedom, and immortality. And let's just say that probably two of the um, superpowers that are fighting themselves out at the moment, who are a bit of competitors, there we go. I'm, I'm going to give up on, on that because it's going to take forever. Can you go back? There we go. Our United States, of, the President of the United States, his emblem. Eagle, you know, anyone who know who the right one is? Not Austria. Well, Austria. I think Austria does have an eagle. There's lots of countries with eagles. Does anyone know what particular that one is? It's Russia. So that's Putin's symbol. So you've got the two presidents, these two superpowers, both with eagles, both trying to say something about what they are, who they are, and to fear them because they are deadly and they are powerful and they are majestic. And the Bible also picks up these traits of an eagle when trying to talk about God. So they talk about strength and power. It talks about the ability of God to punish wayward nations. It talks about the supremacy and sovereignty of God. And it describes an eagle kind of hovering over the earth, over the storms of the world, gazing down at the world below. And like the eagle, God too is above the troubles and the strife of this world. But I guess the problem with these particular images of an eagle, if we end up with a god who is powerful, yes, majestic, yes, but perhaps a bit aggressive and maybe a bit distant over our world, not in our worlds. But I would say, and I want to say this morning, but that image of the eagle, that, that idea of power and majesty, that isn't the most dominant theme in the Bible when it comes to describing God's 
as an eagle. Quite the opposite, in, in fact. There's, um, whoops, in our Bible there is uh, Psalms, which is like the hymn book of the, the Israelite nation. And we were told that if you wanted to find the letter M in the dictionary, you kind of just put your finger in the middle and do that. Well, that's how you find Psalms. The Psalms is bang in the middle of the Bible. Stick your finger in the middle and it open up and there's Psalms there. And the psalmist, the person who, who wrote these hymns, um, they come up with lots of different, they use the eagle to describe gods. And they use God to, the eagle to describe God as a loving mother. Not powerful, not majestic, not deadly, although I don't know what your mums are like. But, um, <laughs> but to describe God as a mother, as a loving parent, as an eagle that cares for uh, its young. Just to give you just a couple of facts about the eagle, it takes 35 days to hatch an eagle's egg. And it takes nine to ten weeks before that eagle, that eaglet, is able to fly. And during that time, the mother hen, just not mother hen, mother eagle, sits there in the nest caring for its young. Uh, what we discovered having chickens, that if a chicken gets broody, it just wants to stay in its nest and sit on the eggs. And that's all well and good if your eggs are going to hatch. But our eggs are never going to hatch because we haven't got a cockerel. So actually, chickens can die from being broody because they'll just sit there and they won't feed themselves. And we end up with eagle mothers being exactly the same. They will sit there and care for their, the eggs and for their eaglets, waiting for them to hatch and caring for them. And the, the daddy eagle flies around picking up, getting food and bringing it back to the nest. And what the image that the psalmist gets is, is if we go to this first one, which is Psalm 91, which I think you looked at last week. It talks about in Psalm 91 about God being a fortress, which was the image we looked at last week. But then it moves on to, are you able to do this? Oh, keep going. Next one. It says this, he will cover you with his feathers. It's talking about God. The psalmist singing, writing a hymn, singing a song about God. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shields and ramparts. So just like the fortress we picked up on last week, the psalmist is once again just like a fortress. Well, God's going to be like an eagle, a mother eagle that protects you with the wings. And he uses this again in the next slide. Psalm 36, how priceless is your, is your unfailing love, O God. People take refuge in the shadow of your wings. Again, in Psalm 63, because you are my help, I sing in the shadow of your wings. Psalm 17, verse 8, keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. And this picks up on this idea that the, the mother eagle spreads her wings over the young eaglets and protects them from predators, winds, sun, whatever's going to cause them damage, the, the mother eagle spreads her wings and protects her young. And what the psalmist is saying, that's what God does to us. That we can be in the shadow of God's wings, protected, safe, a place of security, a place where we can flourish, a place where we can sing because we're protected and we are safe. Now with that last one, Psalm 17 verse 8, it says, keep me in the apple of your eye. And 
For those who were listening to Psalm originally, the, the Israelites were amazing. The Jewish people still are amazing at memorizing scripture. In fact, the best of the best would have learned all of their Jewish scripture, which is the Old Testament, the first parts of our Bible. They would have memorized the entire lot. And when they heard that phrase, apple of your eye, that would have been like a hyperlink to another part in the Bible where that phrase is mentioned. It's mentioned in Deuteronomy and uh, chapter 32. Deuteronomy is towards the beginning of the Bible. And it's talking about Moses. Now, we looked at Moses a few weeks ago when I talked about the Passover meal. I'm not going to go into details now, but if you want to find out a bit more about that, you can look back a few weeks on our YouTube channel. But Moses uh, had worked with God to rescue the nation of Israel from slavery in Egypt, and they'd gone into the wilderness, and God had promised them a land for themselves. But due to their disobedience and their fear, these Israelites ended up wandering around in the wilderness for 40 years, when it probably could have taken them a couple of months to get there. Well, wandering for 40 years in a barren land. And as Moses is approaching his death, God warns Moses that this nation of Israel, he's going to be, they're going to be unfaithful. They're going to forget about God. So he creates a song with Moses, which in our Bible is called the Song of Moses, to talk about the fact that God is faithful and God is just and God is there. And if you look at verse 10, which is up here, it says, in the desert place he found him. Now, who is the he? The he is God. Who is the him? It's the nation of Israel. In the desert place, he found him. Imagine the deserts, vast emptiness and desolation, bereft of all comfort, with none of the necessities of life. Lost, thirsty, hungry, at the point of desperation, in a barren and howling waste. Hearing the approach of howling predators awaiting your collapse before pouncing. And that's when God swoops in. He shielded him and cared for him. And he guarded him as the apple of his eye. That phrase they would have instantly thought of, that song of Moses, when they heard that psalm. Now, the apple of the eye, that's a phrase that we use. It's not actually the apple of the eye in the Bible. It's a phrase that we use in English. Um, and, it is, and, and I guess the eye is something we want to protect. You know, we hate getting something stuck in our eyes. Our eyelashes and our eyelids are designed to protect our eyes. Should any dust or anything come in, our eyelashes detect it and come straight down. Our eyes are, are probably one of the most delicate parts of our body. We want to protect it. So in some ways, you can say that God is guarding us like we would guard the most delicate parts of our body. But also it picks up in Hebrew, the, the, the word apple actually means, it's a, it's a mannequin, a miniature man. And it picks up, though, if you, sh if it's a word, it picks up this idea of you, you being reflected in an eagle's eye. That's you are reflected in God's never-ending gaze, watching and caring and watching over you. You are a little man or a little woman, in his eye. You are the apple of his eye. And then in verse 11, it picks up that theme of an eagle. It says, like an eagle that stirs up its nest and hovers over its young, that spreads its wings to catch them and carries them aloft. 
See, verse 10 talks about the safety and security that God provides us like an eagle. It's covering us with wings, always being under his watchful gaze, his loving, caring gaze, making sure we are safe and secure. But verse 11 picks up a different attribute of an eagle. And it describes what an eagle does. When the eaglets start to get to the point, nine, ten weeks, when they're ready to fly, the eagle starts to make life a little bit uncomfortable for these little baby eagles. Now, the nests are huge things. I think the record for an eagle's nest is a weight of two tons. These are not small things. They are thickly packed, made with big, thick, thorny branches. And of course, when you've got the eggs, uh, which are fragile and little eaglets, you soften it out with feathers and nice soft things. But as they start to get older, the mother and the father eagle starts to take out the soft bits. And the nest becomes increasingly uncomfortable. And then whereas before the mother and the father would bring food and drop it into the mouths of the eaglets, they start to stand off a bit and entice them and try and get them to come out of the nest in order to, to feed them. They start to make life a little bit uncomfortable. They're stirring up the nest. And then when they're ready to fly, they start jumping from branch to branch and just trying to get used to uh, their wings and start to get used to flying. But constantly they're being watched by the mother or the father eagle until they're ready to fly. And if you've ever seen it, I, I should be looking at this because this shows you what my slides are. I haven't got a picture of it. If you can go on YouTube, you can view a, um, a young eagle with his father or mother, I don't know which it is, swooping around with the, the parent always underneath, ready to just be there. I, I, I found no evidence, this is interesting, I found no evidence of eagles carrying their young. I found no evidence of that. But what we have found evidence is the, the parent always being there underneath, over the top, being there, helping them to be uh, to become the eagle they're designed to be. So now this is something key. This is a takeaway I want you to take from this image, really, is that, yes, we have a God that loves us. We have a God who wants to provide us comfort and safety and security. And we talked about that very much in last week's sermon about God being a fortress, a place of refuge, a place where in the midst of barrenness and desert and desolation that we can go to a place where we are safe and secure. And we can build our lives on our foundations that are, is firm and isn't going to be shaky. And that is so important for us to be able to live a good life, to have that foundation and that place of safety. You imagine, and you may be living a life where, you know what, I, I haven't got that place of security. I haven't got that place, place of safety. And therefore, I really struggle to push myself and to go a bit further. I really struggle to take risks because I've got nowhere I can go back to. Maybe that might be you. Well, what God wants to provide you with and provide us all with is that place of security and safety that maybe the world fails to offer us. But the imagery of an eagle takes it that bit further. And what we describe is a God who starts to make our life that little less comfortable, starts to stir things up, starts to encourage us to get out of the nest. Because the reality is an eagle... It's designed to fly. An eagle is at its best, is at its most majestic, at its most powerful when it is soaring in the mountains. 
in the high above the sky looking for its prey. That is what an eagle is designed to do. And if it stays in the nest, it will never be the eagle it's called to be. And the same applies exactly to you. See, the nest is so comfortable. The nest is so safe. But the reality is, is that comfort is the enemy of growth. Comfort is the enemy of growth. Now, I don't know whether you are a follower of Jesus or not. You may be just coming here this morning just to find out a little bit about church and stuff like that. And you are so welcome. And I will say that this applies to you, whether you are a follower of Jesus or not. Whether you are a Christian or whether you are a non-Christian or whatever, it doesn't matter. The reality is, is that comfort is the enemy of growth. With comfort, feel safe and secure. So why on earth would I want to leave that? Well, I believe that God starts to stir things up. The comfort becomes less comfortable. And maybe you find yourself in a point in life where actually I'm pretty comfortable. I know what's going on. I've got my routines I feel safe, I feel secure, but you know what? I don't feel that content anymore. I feel them, there's something more to life that maybe I'm missing. That I'm not feeling as satisfied with what life is offering at the moment. I feel safe and comfortable, but I'm not feeling satisfied. And maybe that's God stirring up the nest a bit and saying, you know what? I can give you what you need. I can fill you up and can give you that food, but it requires you taking that step of faith. That's certainly how I found, uh, in, in what I found in my life, and, and I'm, forgive me, I've shared this num- numerous times, but it was a very important part of my life. When I decided, well, I didn't decide to become a Baptist minister. My minister decided I should become a Baptist minister and encouraged me to, to apply, uh, but I didn't want to. Why? Because I was comfortable. I had a job that, as a teacher that paid well and was incredibly secure. I had my flats, which I really liked, my bachelor pads. I had my mum and dad just at the corner. I had my group of friends. I had my church that I went to every single Sunday and served in numerous different ways. I was safe, I was secure, and I was comfortable. But to be honest with you, I wasn't content. There was something I was missing in my life, something that just wasn't there that I felt I needed. But it took a significant push to get me out of that comfort zone. And actually for me, it was a step-by-step journey, bit little by little, just like those eagles, gradually getting out of the nest, going back in again, jumping around the branches, getting back in the nest before they were able to soar like eagles under the watchful gaze and support of their parent. That's how God treated me. And over a number of years, I was able to be who I feel God designed me to be. Not that there's anything wrong with being a teacher beforehand, but for me, personally, I felt there was something more that God wanted me to do, that that was just a stepping stone onto something else. And we don't want to leave you with that question this morning. Are you feeling discontented? Are you feeling, despite the comfort and security you have, that there is something missing, something more? And perhaps I believe that maybe that might be God's just saying, you know what, you need to leave that nest. Because you are designed for something more. And I want you to soar like an eagle. 
I want you to fly in life and not be stuck in a comfortable place. In this particular series, you're given an opportunity just to spend a little bit of a little bit more time than maybe usual, just reflecting on the image that we look in each uh, week. And we're just going to watch a video, it lasts about three minutes, of eagles. And during this time, the usual questions will appear on the screen as one. Well. I just want you to use this time to reflect, reflect that image. Try and connect with God through that image. But also be honest with yourself and ask yourself, where am I at? At this time, let's watch this video together. Where do you need to be right now? Nettled safe and comfortable or soaring high? You are the apple of God's eye. How does God's unwavering and loving gaze make you feel? Is God stirring up the nest for you? Are you resisting the prompt to leave its safety and shelter? today's episode of holy baptist church podcast we hope it's prompted you to want to follow jesus hopefully a lot but even just a little bit more closely if you have any questions about what you've heard in today's episode or you want to know more about what it means to follow jesus you can email us gotquestions at holybaptist.org.uk we'd love to hear from you it would really make our day if you want to hear more from us just a reminder you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and you can download the holy baptist church app from the apple app store or google play to hear it as well simply search holy baptist church Thank you again for listening to Holy Baptist Church Podcast. We pray God will bless you and we'll see you next time.